Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. You know, a great privilege that we have as Christians is the wonderful fellowship of getting to know our Savior. Uh, the testimony of the Apostle Paul is very encouraging. If you read his epistles, uh, if you ever see how he saw the Christian life, it's always on the upward look. You know, he was never a pessimist. And uh, he was a realist, okay? But also, I believe that he was a great optimist. And he always saw the upward look in the Christian life. And uh, I think about Philippians chapter 3 and verse 4, and we have some verses here on the screen. You don't, you don't need to turn to it this morning. But he writes here, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He says, I have a great background. Uh, I have a great influential and prestigious background. And he goes on to say in verse 5, Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which in the law, blameless. And I think about what he is saying here. And uh, he says, I have kept the law okay, ever since uh, the time I was born. Circumcised the eighth day. The stock of Israel, his heritage is great. He's from the tribe of Benjamin, and we know that King Saul was from that tribe. And also, Paul was once Saul as well. And uh, you would, in every way, would connect the dot, maybe thinking that since he was tr from the tribe of Benjamin, that he would take the kingly name, named Saul. So he was very proud of his background before, and the Bible says that he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was a Pharisee, a ruler of the law, and ruler of people as well. And uh, he says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, he says, that was my passion, that drove my life. And then also he says, I was blameless. He was very confident that he kept everything that he needed to do. And if he had a list of things that he had to keep, oh, he kept them all. And uh, he was very confident in all the things that he had to do concerning his righteousness and also his law. But the Bible says in verse 7, look what it says in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I count lost for Christ. He says, you know what, all the things I have gained in my life, in my credibility, in my background, in my heritage, you know, I count them but lost when I found Christ. He says, I am looking toward, looking toward Christ, and he is the greatest gift of all. And all the things I have treasured and valued before, it is nothing but dung. Look what the Bible says in verse 8. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He says, I have no regret of being saved. And we are not to have some regret in our lives either. Amen? And there are no regrets in having salvation. And all the things that we have lost, all the things that are before salvation, ladies and gentlemen, we need to count them as dung, as Paul put it concerning his life. Oh, we need to be encouraged to see the upward look. And uh, he further explains 
that in verse 9, and be found in him, and not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. He says, I have trusted the righteousness of my Savior. I do not trust my life anymore. I trust in my God and my Lord Jesus Christ. And furthermore, he explains, he explains why he got saved. And one reason in verse 10, this is my point concerning this passage, that I may know him. Who is him? Jesus Christ. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering and be made conformable unto his death. If I could get the mic down just a little tad, that'd be great. Ladies and gentlemen, one great reason for you being saved and I being saved is so that we may get to know Christ, our God, our creator, our king, and our Lord. Think about some attributes of our God this morning. As we know who he is, we get to know him personally. And God is love. Why? So that we may know his love, his care, his compassion for us, and that we get to also love him. And also, God is merciful. Why? So that we may know his forgiveness. And by the way, that is the greatest feeling in the world, to know that you're forgiven. Our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins, and it's not by our merits, not by what we do, it's not by our own experience or our own creed. No, it was by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we have been cleansed, and we have been cleansed once and for all. That's a great, wonderful feeling, and that's a wonderful truth to know. And that's a great assurance in our hearts. And ladies and gentlemen, God is merciful, and that is very personal to to us. And we need to treat it as such, and he wants to reach out to you in that way. I think about how God is all-powerful. Why? So that he could maybe flex his muscle and flex his uh, all-omnipotent power. No, I believe that. God is all-powerful because he wishes to work in our lives closely so that we may know his power and so that we may know how he answers our prayer and that he could do the impossible in our lives. He's not just up there observing all the things in this world. No, he is engaged. He is getting involved and his spirit is in the world, reproving the world of sin and of judgment and righteousness. And Elishem, our God, is not just sitting idle up in heaven. He is fully involved in your life and in my life today. And we need to think about our God who is so personable. And he is all-powerful. And he wants to show his power in our lives. You know, one of the things I kind of don't understand is the art of bodybuilding, you know, a bodybuilder. I'm sure you have seen people, you know, could flex great muscles and with six-packs and great wings. And, and uh, I think about, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm sure you know him, and uh, he doesn't have the muscles that he used to. But, you know, uh, he was a great big stature guy. And, and I remember uh, uh, hearing once that one of the things that was uh, 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 very uh, weak in his bodybuilding was uh, – his calf, and he couldn't really work out his calf, and that was one of the disappointing thing in his career. And uh, But I think about bodybuilders, you know, they just show off, but they don't really do much with their muscles. That's all they do, right? 
And uh, look at me, look how strong and look how, flat, you know, uh, uh, ripped I am. And, uh, but, you know, they don't usually do much. I have a more revere for football players, you know. And uh, they do something with their muscles. And uh, I believe God is like that. And we don't just look at God and, and God is not just flexing up there and look who I am. No, he is getting involved. He is uh, in every way answering prayers. And, and uh, he is uh, convicting the hearts of man. And, and uh, he is uh, turning this world into his own sovereign plan. I'm just telling you, my friend, that our God is very personable and that he is fully engaged and involved. And it is a great privilege this morning to get to know him. Get to know his power, get to know his mercy, get to know his love, and get to know all about him and be, and be applied in our lives. And ladies and gentlemen, lost people do not know God. How could they? They don't even believe him yet. But we believe him, we do know him. And unfortunately, lost people are blind, they're ignorant, they're even haters of God. How could they know him? But for us, ladies and gentlemen, we have this great privilege. We are justified. We are sanctified. We've been set apart. We are God's children. And we know him to be true. And we know him as our creator and our Lord. By the way, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into heaven. And we know that in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, how we now, have we not prophesied in thy name, and thy name have cast out devils, and thy name done many wonderful works, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that doeth iniquity. You know, uh, a lot of people might say that they know God, but God will one day say, I never knew you. Some people are somewhat <coughs> flaunting their works and their experience and how much they have attended church and how much Bible study they have done. And maybe they have even went out witnessing and carried the name of Jesus. But they're not born again. And they don't have this personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How tragic is that? And you could be sitting here at Bible Baptist Church not saved, not born again. How tragic would it be for you, and how terrible, how fearful would it be for you when you stand before God and God says, I never knew you. Make sure you're born again, my friend. Make sure you're not lost. Make sure you're not blind. Make sure you're not ignorant. Make sure you're not a hater of God. Make sure you're on the right side. <coughs> of eternity, and make sure you know Christ is your personal Savior. Make sure you know that your sins are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Be sure you're born again, my friend. And I think about what Christ said. Uh, those who have done the will of the Father are those I know. And uh, what is the will of the Father? Well, John chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 12 and 13, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of who? God. But of God. You see, God says in his word, that those who know him to be true and those who are his children and who are the sons of God have believed in his name and received Christ as their personal Savior. That is the will of God. The will of man 
is to do works. The will of man is to maybe show their uh, background and show their experience and show their obedience. But the will of God is trusting the free gift of salvation. And you cannot add to it. You cannot in in any way (coughs) uh, take away from it. And uh, the gospel is that Jesus Christ died on the cross and he was buried and that he rose again. And that is it, my friend. You just need to come to him humbly and trust him as your Savior. And that's all it takes to be saved. And thank God Jesus Christ did the good work on the cross. And thank God he said on that cross, it is finished. And that we don't need to add to it anymore. And thank God the will of God is to just freely receive Christ. And I hope you have done that, my friend. And I hope you're saved. I hope you have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ so that you are a Christian, so that you are a child, you are a child of God. And as we are Christians today, if you're born again, oh, what a wonderful privilege to walk with him. And that we get to know him. And that he is always showing himself more in a greater way (coughs) every single day, every single week, and every month, and every year. And we might think that we know him already. No, there are more things to find out about our Savior, Jesus. How much he loves you more. How much he forgives you more. And, you know, uh, I got saved 16 years ago. And uh, I realized more and more. That zeal is not what's carrying me through in this Christian life. I had some zeal when I was a young Christian. Thank God I got to do a lot of things for him. But I realized that it is grace that's carrying me through. I realize more and more I have so, so many shortcomings. I have, more, I have a, a, a more reason to realize that I deserve the lake of fire. And, and uh, I have so many things that's internally wrong and and so many uh, uh, things that I I might perceive differently. And and I have so many things I'm not qualified even to preach or become a pastor. I'm just grateful for the fact that it is its grace, not my own strength, not my own zeal, that God allows for me to be involved in ministry, that God allows for me to read his book over and over again and to uh, show me more truth and and show uh, show himself to uh, to me more and more. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to encourage all of you, grow in grace and grow in this wonderful walk that God has allowed in your life. And do not give up because maybe of your failures, maybe because you have stumbled and you have fell. Hey, may grace abound in your life, my friend. And grace can keep you. I think about Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. And don't we wish to spiritually grow? And uh, if we get to know him, hey, that's a great thing. And the only way to get to know him more is through his grace. If you have grown <coughs> spiritually this year and you got to know him better, it's because of his grace. If you're walking with him closer, it's because of his grace. If you're reading more of the Bible and getting more out of the Bible, it's because of his grace. And, and ladies and gentlemen, just give all the glory and honor to God and grow in grace and walk closely to him and be humble doing so. I think about Amos chapter 3, verse 3 as well. Can two walk together except they be agreed? 
And, uh, you know, if you're walking closer with the Lord, that means you got to know him better. And not only that, you're agreeing with what he said. We're, you're agreeing with his commandments. You're agreeing with the will of God. You're agreeing with his sovereign plan. But if you're somewhat fidgety and uh, you're growing distant from him and, and uh, you're not in any way closer to Jesus Christ than before, and the reason is, is because you're not agreeing with what he has for you and what he's revealing to you in the word of God. You have your own plan. You have your own things. You have your own purpose. And you have your own decisions. And God cannot in any way be closer to you because you're trying to go away and go, go astray from the Lord. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, let us realize today that we need to walk closely to God ever before and where the will of God is, that's where safety is. Okay. And you might just try to create this fantasy world in your, in your imagination. What's the best you know, situation and the outcome in your life? But, ladies and gentlemen, only God knows. Only God knows what's going to be prepared for you 10 years later, 20 years later. And what's the best plan for your life? And I think about a scripture that I read a couple of weeks ago, and it really touched my heart. If you go to your Bible, so Isaiah 64, look at verse 4. Isaiah 64, verse 4. Isaiah 64, verse 4. It's not on the screen this morning. Isaiah 64, verse 4. Let's read this together if we can. Okay. Isaiah is almost in the middle of the Bible. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. Right before Jeremiah and <coughs> right after the Song of Solomon. And let's look at Isaiah 64, look at verse 4. Let's read it together. Ready? For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waited for him. What is that saying? Only God knows. God knows from the beginning to the end. He's the first and the last. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the only eternal God that knows what has been prepared for your life and for my life. So with that in mind, as we walk with the Lord, how can we draw more closer to him? How can we get to know him better? So number one, we need a church that walks by faith. We need some Christians that walk by faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Like I shared in Isaiah 64, only God knows the beginning and the end of our lives. That means we need not to trust ourselves. We need to trust the Lord. Faith got us to enter this Christian path, and it would be foolish for us to walk by sight. God makes it very clear how terrible unbelief is, and 
I believe that one of the grave sins that we commit uh, <laughs> ignorantly and carelessly is in the area of unbelief. Not believing. Not trusting the Lord. It's a grave sin. Let's look at some scripture on the screen this morning. Look at Matthew 17, verse 17. Look what Christ said here. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. That's a very strong statement. To those who, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring hither to me. To those who are faithless to see this child be cured from the possession of the devil. And Christ said, O faithless and perverse generation. I think about Hebrews chapter 3. Look at verse 12. Take ye, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. You see, the Bible is very clear that when we have unbelief, when we have faithlessness, the Bible says that we have a what kind of heart? Evil heart. God says you have an evil heart. It's a strong statement. I think about Romans chapter 14, verse 23. And he that doubted, damned, if he, uh, damned if he eat, and but he eateth not of faith, but whatsoever is not of faith is what? Sin. Now he's talking about <coughs> different standards in Romans chapter 14 and how you perceive what to eat and what not to eat and and, uh, and I believe uh, Apostle Paul was giving the individual soul liberty here. But as we think about Romans chapter 14 in application to the last verse concerning this topic we're talking about today, how we need to walk by faith, the Bible says, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. It is sin for us not to have faith. <laughs> you may not be in the grave sin of maybe uh, getting drunk or, uh, maybe uh, uh, having drugs in your life, or maybe you haven't been a theft or a murderer, or, or, or maybe you haven't committed adultery or fornication, or maybe even lie. But how about unbelief? Because unbelief and faithlessness is equally sinful. You know, Church of God cannot say that we're walking with Christ unless we have faith in Him. We cannot say we're right with God unless we have faith in Him. Do you have faith about your Christian growth? Do you have faith about your finances? Do you have faith about your family and your child rearing? Do you have faith concerning this church? And do you have faith concerning giving? Do you have faith concerning missions? Do you have faith that pleases God? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. You might do a lot of things for God. You might have a list of things that you have done in his name. But without faith, those things are nothing because it hasn't pleased him. And ladies and gentlemen, everything that we do, we must do by faith. Pray to God and seek the Lord. Let us have a church that truly uh, 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 pleases the Lord in all things because we are living by faith. You know what else displeases God? When there are people that are not saved in the church. Second Corinthians 13, verse 5, examine yourself, whether it be in the faith, prove your own selves, knowing not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. What is the Bible saying? Hey, make sure you're in the faith. Make sure you examine your faith, your life. Make sure you are born again. And ladies and gentlemen, he doesn't uh, 
<laughs> he doesn't want you to just go through this church life and never be saved. No, you're here for a reason, and you're here at Bible Baptist Church so that you can be saved. Not through a church, of course, but through Jesus Christ. But we're just here to tell you the truth. I want to encourage you to examine yourself and, and uh, realize that you are here for a reason and that God wants you to be saved. God wants you to have faith. And if you're a born-again Christian, walk by faith still as much as you've been saved by faith. Secondly, walk circumspectly. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fool, not as wise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, understanding what the will of the Lord is. You know, even as Christians, we can walk as fools. We can waste our time. We can do whatever we want without concerning God's will. But let us... Uh, all be circumspective, look where we're going, watch where we're going, knowing God's will. And James speaks about how there should be a wise man among Christians in James chapter 3, verse 13, who is uh, a wise man endued with knowledge among you. Let him show out a good conversation, his work with meekness and wisdom. You know, there are, you know, foolish people in the church. There are simple people in the church. But, you know, let us make sure that we have some wise people in the church. And I hope you're wise this morning to make the wise decision in your life and for your family and for this church. And you're not just doing whatever you want, but you are being circumspective and and you're seeing where you're going and knowing the will of the Lord is and redeeming the time. Not wasting your time in old past habits of sin, but uh, being renewed and, and knowing the will of God and knowing what is good and perfect. And I hope as Christians today that you are always being solidified by God's will and, and always making decisions by what he says and not what you want. And we are walking circumspectly. And I think about how some people could be too heavily minded and just, good, and just make decisions foolishly and, and uh, you know, uh, neglect everything in life. And I believe that there should be some balance in life. I believe that. And there are some people who are just looking at this earthly world and uh, not observing <coughs> this, uh, uh, not observing what God is doing. And uh, I think about when I was a kid, and I think I shared the story before. And I used to have a, a you know a problem with kind of tripping over sometimes. And and my dad, uh, 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 there are two incidents incidents in my life where he counseled me and helped me with things. I remember I was studying uh, with math and. And uh, I couldn't get some kind of equations done. I think I was like second or third grade. And, uh, and, and, and my mom started helping me, and she said, forget it, I give up. And then she said, I can't help you with this. I said, thanks, Mom. <laughs> and, then, and then my sister came over. I think Sarah came over. And she's only one year older than me. She tried to help me. I think maybe even Lydia came over. And then maybe even Sandra came over. So everyone just kind of came over one at a time, tried to help me. I still couldn't get it. And my dad was in his room. He was sick at that time. And he called me and said, come over here. And uh, he didn't even write anything. He just uh, 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 went by the dresser where he was sitting, and uh, he just kind of did some numbers with me and drew it out and used the imagination. He said, now you get it? And I said, yes, I get it. And, uh, you know, my dad was very, you know, self-taught, and he was pretty good at math as well. He was, uh, he was into banks and stuff like that. And, uh, but I remember that omission he gave me, and uh, uh, I'm able to do 2 plus 2 is 4 today, amen? 
all right, because of my dad. And, uh, you know, <coughs> I remember that moment. But I'm in, I remember another moment, and I, had taught, I, I guess maybe I tripped a lot that day. I don't know what it is. And I think I was like maybe five or six years old. And uh, he leaned down, and he said, now, son, I want you to not just walk looking at the ground. He says, now, you got to look up, but not only that, you got to look at that line where, it's, where, uh, uh, where the sky meets the land, okay, where the sky meets the ground. Just look at that horizon. Okay, that's called a horizon. Look at that horizon, and you start walking and looking at both. And throughout that day, because I did that, I didn't fall, amen? And thank God I'm still not falling. <laughs> but, you know, <coughs> I remember that little simple illustration that Father gave me. And uh, I think about the Christian life. I think we ought to do the same way. There are a lot of things that we got to do. We got to go to work. We got to provide for our families. We got to do all these different things, pay our bills, okay, month to month. And, uh, you know, uh, keep the schedule. And we only have 24 hours a day. And we're busy. And we got to do the things that are earthly. But also we got to see what God wants me to do too. What God wants you to do too. Walking circumspectly, redeeming the time, knowing what the will of the Lord is. As you're busy, make sure you're not busy. Okay? You're so, where you're so busy that you're neglecting God's will. Make sure you stay busy and doing God's will too. And so with that in mind, number three, walk like Christ. Walk like Christ. First John chapter three verse chapter two verse six. He that uh, say, uh, saith he abideth in, uh, out himself also to walk even as he walks. And and we must wonder if we are becoming more like Jesus Christ today. Don't try to improve yourself. No, we must ask for transformation, not <coughs> reformation. And God's not trying to improve you with what you have. No, God wants to transform you into His likeness. Are we thinking more like Christ? Are we speaking more like Christ? Are we Giving more like Christ, are we obeying more like Christ? We got to walk like Jesus Christ, and as therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Colossians chapter two, and let Him build you, let Him establish you, even through suffering. And First Peter chapter three, uh, chapter two, for even here too were you called, because God also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps, and even through suffering, you could realize that you're becoming more like Jesus. And, uh, you know, I shared on Wednesday night about these disciples who got beat and who got persecuted by the council in Jerusalem. And then they get out of the jail. They get, they get out of the jail. And then the Bible says they were rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer for his namesake. Can you imagine these guys, you know, uh, beers being plucked off, you know, bruised eye and, and swollen cheeks and and, uh, you know, bleeding maybe in the back of the, uh, 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 on their backs and, and maybe some broken bones and maybe, and, uh, <coughs> maybe uh, they have some busted lips. But they are giving high fives to each other and they're saying, praise God that we were able to suffer for his name's sake. And ladies and gentlemen, I think many of us ha- are not there yet. And, uh, and we need a lot of growing to do. And we think that maybe some... Financial struggles, and I'm not saying those are not struggles in itself, but I believe that, you know, there are many people throughout Christian history that have gone through far more suffering than what we consider suffering. And we need to not just be pouting about our suffering. Let us recognize why those sufferings are there. 
I believe those sufferings are there so that we can identify with Jesus. Did Jesus Christ suffer? Did Jesus Christ, be re- uh, did he get rejected? Yes, he did. Did he get hated? Yes, he did. He even got sold like a slave, you know, by Judas Iscariot for 30 shekels of silver. This is the Son of God who created this whole world in existence in six days. This is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and this is the God that we believe in. He went through suffering. Why are you above suffering? And ladies and gentlemen, let us not think that as Christians, that suffering is not for us. No, suffering is more for us because through them we could be more like Jesus. And through them we could identify with Jesus. We could think like Jesus. We could give praise to Jesus. That doesn't mean we don't sympathize with you. We don't, and, and that doesn't mean that we don't care for your soul. We pray for you and, and we want to be there for you. The Bible says if one suffer, we all suffer with it. If one rejoice, we all rejoice with it. We're all together in this suffering. But I'm just simply saying, do not be surprised that <coughs> when you go through suffering, okay, that it is in God's will. I have finished with this, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Ladies and gentlemen, are you called according to his purpose? If you are, if you're born again, that means God knows what he is doing. All things work together for good. Joy or suffering, time of happiness and time of sadness, doesn't matter. All things work together for good so that you can be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That's all the great blessings of God that we need to come, that we get to be more like Jesus. Does your children see you becoming more like Jesus? Does your spouse see you becoming more like Jesus? Or are you the same way after two years of marriage? Are you the same way after 15 years of marriage? Does your children see you after 30 years? Oh, my dad's still the same way. My mom's still the same way. Maybe you have grown distant in walking with the Lord. You're not reading the Bible anymore. You're not, you're not praying anymore. You're not really serving the Lord faithfully. Why? Because you're not becoming more like Jesus. Are you becoming more like Jesus today? That is a question. That is a question. That's why he saved you. You lost the purpose. What happened? What disappointed you? What bitterness do you carry? Why are you so down? Why are you so discouraged? Why are you just throwing in the towel? Jesus still wants you to be more like him. Let's walk with him. Let's be faithful.